Welcome to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. Merry Christmas Eve, 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 everybody. <laughs> That's We're so, I know, right? We're so <laughs> thankful that you tuned in on this Great holiday week. We are uh, so excited. Little spoiler alert, we're recording this beforehand. I'm not actually talking to you on <laughs> December 22nd, but I want to let you guys know that happy Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve. Man. And uh, I know, right? I felt so bad. Yeah, I'm shocked. <laughs> Today's not the 22nd. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is like that time you asked me if my kids were out for Thanksgiving holiday. That threw we me off early and I so was like, I, 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 have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea where they are. Well, I felt so bad about ruining it that one time. I thought that I'm going to, I'm going to really play it up, really? man. Yeah. I was, gonna, I ruined it immediately. Yeah, you did. I was about to talk about how great my anniversary trip was and I haven't even had it yet. <laughs> I haven't even had it. I mean, maybe what, what if it ends up being just terrible? <laughs> maybe I'm dead. And you, I know, right? And they're hearing me from the grave now. That would be crazy. <laughs> Spooky. Hey, if that's true, um, it's okay to laugh about it. All right. We'll wait. We'll give you a second to get get all your last laughs out about Ryan being dead. So apart from wanting to die, I guess, Ryan, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, I totally don't want to die. I'm just, oh, so you know, you're I'm okay, okay with, with it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know yeah. where I'm going. So that's how you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing really well. <laughs> Good. I my, bit my lip the other day. Oh, no. Uh, I think on staff lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, now it's swollen and sore and it keeps trying to get back between my teeth yeah, so I can yeah. bite it again. You know, what's funny is like everybody talks about that, like how you don't want to bite your lip because you'll just bite it over and over and over. Mm-hmm. What if it like was a perpetual thing where if you say you bit it at 22, you, <laughs> you always never quit have biting just your the, lip. Swollen, <laughs> the swollen part of your lip inside you. Oh, that would be miserable. It'd be the worst thing ever. It Micah, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Good, man. I'm doing real good. I've been uh, doing a lot of Manuel labor lately and so mm. my body's a little tired Manuel Marino concrete countertops and some Mm. cabinets and some cool woodworking stuff that's right give give a shout out for yourself man yeah Um, Audix Woodworks yeah and that's just at Audix Woodworks right um sure cool A-U-D-A-X A-U-D-A-X D-A-X. <laughs> <laughs> you threw me for a second. I was like, wait wow. a minute. Wait. The whole spell thing was like, oh, wait. Spelling is tough. Yeah, A-U-D-A-X. Woodworks. Yeah, on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. And then audixwoodworks.com. Yeah, and concrete countertops. I didn't know that they were wood. It's, that's really that's cool. Right. Such yeah, a cool wood, yeah. wood thing. Yeah, such a cool wood thing. Concrete countertops are a lot of fun. We had, uh, so we did... Ryan's house. Yep. We did my house. Mm-hmm. Yep. We did the church. And then that's all the ones I've been a part of. And then you've done several more, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. a concrete hearth for my fireplace, which the rent house. Dude, it looks so oh, your good. House flip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you guys go check out Audix Woodworks. A-U-D-A-X. X? <laughs> Audix Woodworks Facebook, Instagram. Check out what he did at his house. It is awesome. And then you've got pictures of all your other projects and things like that. And stuff that you're selling and offering, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't cool. have a lot of stuff on like on the site for sale right now, Dope. but we will. 2021 Dope. will be happening. Man, more. I feel like every episode we're introducing something new about Micah. Like, oh yeah, he's a part of Eagle's Wings. Oh yeah, he's a part of, he's doing woodworks and concrete woodworks. <laughs> we, you and I need to step up our game. <laughs> exactly. We need to do more things. <laughs> well, speaking of my game stedding, stepping up, welcome to the PCC. This is Pierce's Culture Corner. <laughs> nice. So uh, today, uh, it's a little bit lighthearted, but not at the very beginning. So one thing that I noticed, it's a weird thing to say, right? Yeah. One of the things I've noticed about my life just in general is uh, you guys know how like if someone goes through a breakup and they hear that one song that reminds them of her or reminds them of him, I would just like, oh, I can't do fast forward this song. There's just like an agitation or like annoyance to sure, it sure. that is strictly attached to that one thing, that one person. I've never been that way. And it always bothered me how people were like that. Like, dude, just, I know, right? <laughs> I like, just appreciate this song for what it is. Yeah, sure. It used to mean that. But that doesn't strip away the talent behind it. Or if it's a movie or if it's like a time of year, like you can't just hate all of Christmas time because of that one person when you were 14 broke your heart. Like <laughs> get over it. I get it if it's like later I mean, in life. If you're still 14. Then maybe. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I wouldn't look at one of like somebody in the youth group and be like, hey, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> this is Christmas. But if you're 45. <laughs> yeah, on. it's a different story. And also, I guess I, should, I shouldn't be insensitive entirely if there was a big death or like a divorce. Obviously, that's something being sensitive. But 
most of the time, it seems to be like teenagers, at least with my experience, it's just like this, oh, woe is me, that's just dramatic that ties to all these things. And um, so you see it more in Heartbreak, but obviously there is like positive things attached to it as well, where if you smell that one thing or hear that one song or see that one movie or like, you know, in West Texas, when it actually gets cold and like that hits you for the first time, like, mm. oh yeah. And like you breathe in deep and you can feel it in your lungs. Yeah. yeah the just, air like, smells clean. Yeah. So there's those different yeah. attachments you have. Well, I've noticed some of the positives in my life. It's like really one of the positives that's funny to me is that burning plastic always reminds me of Sega Genesis. Always. Like, uh, just like, I don't know what it is. I'll, next time I smell it, I will let you guys, hey, sniff in, this is Sega. Because, you know, you had to blow out the cartridges for Nintendo yeah. and Sega and stuff. And then we would have to like open up our Sega Genesis and like blow inside of it after like a long time. And so you could kind of smell that it was warm and it was weird. But anyway, all that to say, there is some positive stuff in my life, but I've realized super recently. <laughs> wow. I know, right? So this is culture of people, you know, yeah, pe people do this. Uh, I've realized recently, I've talked to you about this, Ryan. I don't know if I've talked to you, Micah. Um, I was playing God of War for PlayStation 4. So it's technically God of War 4, but it's just God of War. I was playing that when we were uh, trying to have a baby and then eventually Hannah getting pregnant, leading to Riley. And so during that, that, um, that, gameplay there was so much of me that was like fatherhood prep like we're getting ready to build a family we're getting ready to do all this and the son's character's name in it is atreus and hannah was like yeah if we have a son like that'll be his middle name like yes i was like yeah so like we were tying it in like all these different things with this game i haven't touched that game since before riley was born until about a week or two ago and I got like full on baby fever. Like it's <laughs> it's crazy. I'll be playing, and then he'll be like teaching a trace a lesson during the game, and I'm like, I just want to. Sign. I just, I, just want to sign. <laughs> I got this little girl right here, and I was like, I'll teach you things, Riley. But I mean, you're not a Treyus. I mean, he's right there. <laughs> Look That's at the graphics. So I can now finally relate to the people that have these like deep said these deep rooted attachments to different things. For me, I think God of War will always be tied to fatherhood. And I think that was the intention of the game designer was he became a father. That's why he put those elements into the game. But have playing it and then having a baby all that stuff. So like that's the nostalgia. I'm killing people and I'm like crying about family. <laughs> <laughs> I have one big nostalgia in my life. Do every it. time I drink a Dr. Pepper it makes me happy. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Yet. Yet Dr. Pepper we see you and we want to hear from you. Speaking of Dr. Pepper and the greatest things ever, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It is. It's Christmas. We talked about Christmas a couple weeks ago in Riadosa. If you haven't checked that out, go see the pretty scenery behind us on YouTube. If you listened to it, but you didn't see the stuff, go to YouTube, subscribe while you're there, check out the scenery. It was beautiful. It snowed that day. We were in fun so nice. winter wonderland. And what we did that episode was we said, guys, send us your questions. And so we got a whole list of questions. You guys can't see this list, but look at that. I'm having to, that's one solid drag that I'm having to do wow. on this iPad. That's, that's, that's not just like Pierce. it's one right there. There, you got to keep moving. So anyway, we're just going to kick it off. I won't even have to toss it off to you to introduce us unless you want to. No, no, no. You go, man. Oh, let's go. I was about to let's take go. it really dark a minute ago. So let's just move on. <laughs> we'll, we'll just move on. So anyway... <laughs> Can we talk so about just, how we almost got kicked out of the recording spot in Redoso? Yes, if you want, you want to tell that story, you can. <laughs> well, how, you, how on the way here you had to slam on the brakes because that deer was we standing in the road. There is a, there's a lot of car. evil forces <laughs> against this episode. Yes. <laughs> uh, so starting it off a little bit lighthearted, jumping straight into it, we got a fun question. It says, "What is your greatest memory as a child for this time of year?" Um, and you know what, Ryan, why don't you start this one? Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> here's the spot for you. I'm gonna throw you on it. Greatest memory as a child from this time of year. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I, I, I remember, uh, I liked to go looking for my presents before it was Christmas time. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> like for real trying to find them. Oh Yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to open up any presents, you, you know, like see. if they were wrapped, but if I could find them before they were wrapped. Wow. So whenever my parents were out of the house or doing yard work or, you know, whatever, like when I was really little, um, I would run all over and open every closet and look on every shelf and try to find them. <laughs> and one year I found uh, um, a magic kit, uh, like, I don't know, like two months before Christmas. Oh, wow. And I was so stoked. Your parents like, really prepped. Yeah, my mom usually started Christmas shopping uh, at the end of summer when wow. we started back to school. Wow. Goodness, that's yeah. a long time to hide something. I know. I don't have a lot of space in my house to hide that many things. 
I mean, yeah. I don't buy a lot of presents. Necessarily, I'm terrible but. at surprises. So if True. I bought you something in August, you, you would have it. it about an hour later. <laughs> yeah, you get it in August. I'd be like, hey, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Here you go. I get excited about it. So I don't know. Maybe finding that magic kit. I don't know. Yeah. Did you get the magic kit for Christmas? Yeah, yeah. Totally. I kind of thought it was going to be one of those stories where you're like, but I didn't actually get it for Christmas because it was <laughs> for my cousin. Or my sister like or whatever. <laughs> that would have been like one of my worst memories. <laughs> yeah. That would have been so funny. My, my dad comes around <laughs> next day and he's like, hey, watch this handkerchief disappear. And I'm like, no. No, no. tears. No. It's supposed to be mine. I was like 17 when that happened. I think my favorite childhood memories, like little kid memories, were from Colorado. My We have some family that has a house in Pagosa Springs, Colorado. When oh, we were awesome. real little, we'd go up there for winter around Christmas time. And we They owned, at that time, they sold a lot of it, about 40 acres in Pagosa Springs. Mm-hmm. And so we just take the snowmobiles from their house, which is kind of the top of a hill, and just go. Like you yeah, could just take a snowmobile, awesome. I'd ride on the Super back of the awesome. snowmobile with my dad, and we just go. Yeah, that sounds so dope. We, uh, I was bragging my brain. Uh, what? I just remembered my best one. I can't oh. remember. My grandmother took me and my cousin to Hawaii for 14 days. That sounds way better than finding a magic kit. Yeah. <laughs> was there magic in Hawaii, though? <laughs> there was magic. <laughs> How did I forget that? How did you forget, man? I had so many strawberry daiquiris in, in Hawaii when I was 12. I mean, they were all like, you know, virgin strawberry daiquiris. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I thought. That's, what you That's why I don't remember. I blacked out the first day. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think I would tie it back kind of the same thing as you. We we went to New Mexico a couple times in our childhood uh, to Cloudcroft, and my dad would always rent a cabin. And there was one year where it was kind of away from everything. I don't know if he knew somebody that had this kind of on a private part of land, but it was the snow was like between a foot and two feet deep. Like the entire time we were there, we went sledding every day. And he was like, okay, guys, we can go skiing. And we could teach all you guys. I was young. I feel like I was seven or eight. He's like, we can teach all you guys skiing and do that. He's like, but we got like this whole hill to ourselves. He was like, and we have all these sleds. And so, yes, we can go do that. But if you'd rather, we can just chill here, build a snow fort, That's do all fun. that. And we were like, uh, yes. And so literally like five hours just running up the hill and That's sledding awesome. all That's day. super cool. And then I remember we went on this hike. My mom still has this. We went on this hike because my dad was like, let's just kind of get out, explore the area a little bit. And we went on this hike and my mom was like, what's over here? And she, I don't, the way that it sounds now is like they set something up. I'm like, well, what's this over here? But us as kids, we were like, what is that over there? And we went over there and there was like this patch of dirt that had been kind of moved around. Uh, my mom had seen this, like uh, this piece of silver jewelry that kind of glinted as she was walking past it. And we moved some of the dirt. There was a full turquoise necklace, a full pearl necklace, and a bunch of like silver earrings that were just buried kind of by you this tree. You found a treasure. I did. Like literally. a thief. Like a exactly, thief. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I was like, oh, I got all these things. I got to bury it really shallowly right because here. Because the law is breathing down my neck or something. Exactly. Yeah. So it's we insane. found it. My mom has it in a box in her closet. It's just oh, all this story. It? Yeah. It's, it's our like New Mexico treasure. Yeah. Huh. So, that's she still cool. has. I mean, maybe she sold it. I don't know. She tells us she has. <laughs> I haven't seen it in twenty years. It's pretty but neat. It is pretty neat. That's probably one of my. I found. That's I the greatest a, one I can think of. I got a treasure from New Mexico. Oh yeah. Her name's Cammy. Oh hey. hey, look at that! Somebody's getting brownie points if she actually listens to the podcast. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Next question. It says it's not a large movement, but I've heard Christians who to reject the corporate and pagan themes and values at Christmas time, celebrate Hanukkah, and they will shoehorn Jesus into Hanukkah. What are your thoughts on this? That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it, first of all, if, if you don't know, we talked about it in our last podcast that we're not even sure that the Christian celebration of Christmas has its roots in paganism. Uh, but even if it does, the intent was to honor Christ and you cannot say the same thing about Hanukkah because it yeah. was it was constructed around the idea of you know like um, the Maccabees and the mm-hmm. the seven nights of the oil not running out mm-hmm. and those kinds of things and so it's it's not even Christ related like at least the Christians were the ones who began the practice of celebrating yeah. Jesus and so yeah for real yeah which you totally understand like as a as someone with a Jewish background, like you're celebrating something historic in your country, like that totally makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Then and a miracle, bring, and yeah. yeah, but I mean, that would be like, well, I guess we do that. I was gonna say that'd be like trying to bring Jesus into July Fourth, but I guess people, a lot of people, oh, but a yeah, lot but that's, of that's, people that's, do that. that's also dumb. <laughs> hey, tune like, in July Fourth, twenty twenty one, and we will be talking about that. <laughs> like, yeah, so oh. yeah, let's not I'll, stop. Let's I'll, not I'll save it. I'll save it. Golly, <laughs> yeah. Just the just the sequence. I, of let grunts. me just say, like, I think if you're gonna try to like shove Jesus into a holiday, let's just do Festivus. There we <laughs> Festivus go. for yes. the rest of us. <laughs> uh, the airing of grievances. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get the poll. 
That's a Seinfeld reference, right? Yes, you have yes. no idea. You're too young yeah. for that. Yeah. One. Well, I'm not too young. I just I watch Friends. I grew up in a Friends <laughs> household. Like the reruns. Uh, we watched. Well, you didn't yeah. watch them live. No, you would have been I think the only show that I can remember that we watched live. Do you guys remember Seagate or whatever it's called? Uh, it's like an underwater. Nope. Uh, it was Is it a like, version of Stargate? It was it was like it was like Stargate and Star Trek, but in it was sea. underwater. Yeah, it was underwater. They had like this, they had all the action. But anyway, it was super. Lots dope. of questions. Lots you of get, questions. Yeah. So we'll keep on going. I agree. That's ridiculous. Uh, next question: What are your thoughts on Elf on the Shelf? Do you think it could be a danger by forcing morality on children? I don't know much about Elf on a Shelf. I've never done it. It was past our time as kids when it kind of became a big thing. I'm going to tell you. Here's what I think. I think you need to Google uh, the horror movie from 2018, 2017 called The Elf. And it is- With Will Ferrell? Uh, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, Pharrell Williams. No, no, just yeah, kidding. Just kidding. Uh, but it's- uh, it's pretty creepy, and mm-hmm. and I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen the stills and stuff from it. And I think you should watch that with your kids before you begin the Elf on the Shelf tradition. <laughs> and they'll never want to see Elf on the Shelf. <laughs> and then, then, then they won't worry about. It. Like, like I mean, I, I don't, I don't have any problem with it. Like like we talked about in the last podcast, um, if the emphasis around the Christmas season is Christ, I think that that's probably what matters. Sorry, that is absolutely what matters the most. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> uh, and and so, um, but I do have a problem with. Um, I, I, I like the people who are really creative with it and make it a really funny thing. Like, mm-hmm. what, what's he going to be doing tomorrow? You know? Yeah. Uh, um, but if if you're making it something like Santa where you're trying to hope that it wrangles in your kid's behavior. Yeah. Uh, so the elf won't get them or whatever the elf. Yeah, what's the elf going <laughs> to what, What's the negative side of the elf? I don't know. You know? <laughs> your I mean, kid just keeps watch being that bad, movie again. So say, look. the elf above their bed I with the, a knife. <laughs> I don't know the backstory of Elf on the Shelf, to be honest, but yeah. what you're describing sounds a little bit like Gremlins, and I don't really want really <laughs> any part of that. I, I, uh, I, I don't like, I don't like those kinds of dolls and stuff. Like in my grandmother's house, when we would spend the night there, there was a poster of like a China doll and I, I wouldn't sleep in the bed next That's to that. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just, no so thanks. I, I had a, a friend. Oh, I have sorry, a key to your house. It'd be awesome if on Christmas <laughs> Eve I came in and I said, oh, friend. Yeah, I had a friend bed. who, uh, their guest room was her collection of her American dolls, or American uh, girl dolls. Uh, and they had one of those shelves that's like near the top of the ceiling. Nope. And they're all just looking down at the bed. And they're always and I, staring at you. They're How always, they always staring, staring at, you? at you. So she had that. And then in the corner, she had like a small china cabinet with her great grandma's dolls. It like locked in a cabinet, which like in the horror movies, they always bust out of that thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, you know, like if the ones that shut their eyes when you lay them down mm-hmm. and you stand them back up and one of their eyes kind of sticks. Yeah. And then after just a second, it pops open. It, like, nope. <laughs> Have you seen that guy commercial? <laughs> hey, I haven't seen that guy commercial. These people left a lot of stuff in the attic. Yeah, welcome to your new house. And he turns on the light and there's all these mannequins sitting around a table. <laughs> creepy music's playing. And he's like, nope. 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 It's too scary. Yeah, I, I don't, That's for I Asher. Mean, make it about Jesus. Make it about Jesus. <laughs> make it about Jesus. Yeah, I think the as, as well, kind of to touch on the morality thing, we talked about that a little bit in the last episode, as well as like there doesn't seem to be like, why is it with this holiday that we feel the need to make so many things real? Mm-hmm. Like, why do we need to make Santa Claus real when there's other holidays or other things culturally that like, we don't try to make the Easter Bunny real? It's just mm-hmm. a fun story that we tell and we yeah. do the things with it. So you're right. It can be a fun, goofy, silly thing without trying to need of like, this is specifically Santa's helper that's going to watch over yeah. you during this whole thing. So yeah, I don't think that, uh, I think if the heart behind it is Jesus, yeah, you can have fun with Elf on a Shelf. I just don't feel like spending the thirty dollars for the. Elf. I'll just make like a weird voodoo looking one. <laughs> get some get some straw. What together. if what if you as the as the parent the adult dressed as an elf every morning <laughs> you were in a new place? Yeah, I know that wouldn't. I, no. I'm not your mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> jump out at him. I'm the. Oh elf. man. Uh, next question. What is the biggest thing you look forward to slash enjoy about this time of the year? I'll be real honest. Uh, the cold living in West Texas as far as this time of year is concerned. I love I love sitting outside, period. But sitting outside like bundled up next to a fire, mm. yeah, I'm totally down for That's that. That's totally Cammy's like, favorite too. Huh? Oh, she my totally favorite cool. thing, yeah. She loves to sit next to the fire. Like mm. we've been working on our fireplace and it's not done yet, but it's better now. And so she's had a chair pulled up to the next to the fireplace like every morning. <laughs> That's cool. <clears throat> our gas bill is going to be insane. <laughs> what about you guys? What's the biggest thing you look forward to for this time of year? Micah. Dr. Pepper. Nice. Not a sponsor. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Um, this year, I'll speak to this year. Okay. Um, I'm tired. It, I'm just kind of exhausted. So I'm looking forward to a couple of weeks off with my boys and just family rest. and just, yeah, just being home. 
That sounds real nice. Uh, I like what? the food. Sorry. Oh yeah. I think that my figgy pudding. A negative on the figgy pudding because <laughs> you just told me that it includes like some yeah sweet meats from a pig, like, which might not how be that sweet bad. Well, it's, you like, know, it's like the, the, the sweet meats are like the oh. organs and the you know that kind of stuff, the yeah. liver, the heart, that kind of stuff. We've been watching a lot of Great British Baking Show, so there's a lot of the like the British version of puddings we wouldn't mind trying, but we've both agreed that like the meats mixed in with the sweet stuff, like yeah, I don't think we'd care no. for. There, there's a friend's reference for you. you know? Oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. She made the, the the trifle or the whatever, you know. Meat good. <laughs> Jam good. <laughs> oh, man. Tastes like feet. Okay. There we go. What are some good ways to teach your children gratitude in a season that mainly focuses on receiving gifts? Uh, I'm not a real parent yet. We've established <laughs> that last episode. But this is something you're right. I mean, to your point last time, this is something I haven't had to really yeah. interact with yet. So for you guys as parents, have you guys had to address this or do you guys have any practical ways that you could address something like this? Yeah, I think that um, my mom used to say something that was really wise and genius. She said that the easiest way to not be ruled by money is to give it away. Mm. And I think that to teach gratitude, I think the question is probably, I'm guessing, rooted in this idea that in our culture here in the United States, for most of us, I know that there are a lot of people who don't have a lot. And so their Christmas, you know, they might not even get gifts or they're getting very little. But I think probably the question is is probably coming from someone who either has gotten a lot of gifts as a kid growing up or sure. their kids get a lot of gifts. So let me just address that kind of socioeconomic status. Like, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Like with... Um, the only issue I ever have with my kids getting a lot of gifts is I don't know how to get them a home, like from wherever we're <laughs> yeah, at. Yeah, exactly. You know, with, and where do you store? Where do you put them? <laughs> I mean, you um, have a couple of things in my garage. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. How did that happen, know, by the way? <laughs> so I think there's nothing, like I don't think tempering the amount of gifts that my kids get really helps them with gratitude. But I think what a practical way you could like help them learn gratitude in the season is to start giving things to other people. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. uh, one of the things we've talked about is, is consistently trying to find people that we can gift things to, um, that are in not even necessarily need, but like could benefit from, you know, aren't getting that much for Christmas. Sure. And mm-hmm. I think that's how you, a, a wise way to teach gratitude to your kids is not to remove what they're getting necessarily, but kind of start begin to start in, instilling in this heart of giving yeah. Yeah. and servitude. Yeah, I, I would I agree with that, Micah. That's an excellent point. I would add to it that if you wait until Christmas to try to teach your kids an attitude yeah, of mm-hmm. thankfulness and gratitude, then you've missed the point. Absolutely. Exactly. And so everything Micah just said, if we begin that in January, and that's our year-round kind of motif, that's kind of how we teach our kids. So like it, whether I sell a, a $1,300 painting or a $50 painting, Whenever I sell something, um, I come home and I tell the kids and we immediately thank God for it. So mm-hmm. if it's 50 bucks or 1300 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody gifted me $10, we stop and thank God for that. And so trying to do that on a regular basis yep. so they have the mindset that like we are grateful to God for his provision, whatever it looks like, mm-hmm. and for the way he cares for us. And um, uh, one of the things that we started, and I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it's helpful to me. And hopefully to my boys as well, we have a kind of a, a wooden tray in the middle of our table and we have some river rocks that we write things on there that we're thankful for or things, uh, prayer requests that have been answered. And so not like every single thing, not like, yeah, you yeah. know, hey, you got a good grade on your test. That'd be a lot of river <laughs> rocks, but like yes. really key moments in our lives. So like the church building that was gifted to us a couple of years yeah. ago, mm-hmm. that was something we had been praying for for a long time as pastors that went on a river rock. So it's something that we can kind of pray through and look at as a reminder, a tangible reminder. Yep. And these kids, are, my kids are able to look at it and go, oh man, this is something that God's yeah. done. So I think, I think it has to be a full-time attitude that, man, we want to teach true. our kids to be grateful. So true. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that was a weird voice crack. Sorry. I was about to say how. I went, huh. How do you discuss to your extended family that you're not teaching your kids to believe in Santa? Oh. Or, and then uh, I happen to know the person who asked this question. And they said, like, specifically, they really, so, like, to your point, I guess I got made fun of a second ago, not a real parent. Um, <laughs> they had said, like, you, you guys told stories specifically kind of about the way you do Christmas in the last episode. Right. If you haven't listened, check that out. It's called Christ Mass. Um, and so they were curious kind of specifically with you guys, like, was it a conversation you had to have with 
your parents or with great grandparents or stuff like that. Um, cause most of the time, like when you walk into a house, people will see the kids like, what did Santa get you this week? Mm -hmm. So like, was that something, a conversation you've had to have or how would you approach it? I know for sure that there are, well, I say for sure, I am guessing that there are probably some people in our family that weren't super happy about the way that we dealt with Santa and which we just kind of had to like roll with. Like in my mind, I'm less important, less important. I'm less concerned about the importance of someone being mad at me over a minute aspect of parenting than I am about my kids thinking correctly about God. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think we just as parents have to put things in the forefront. Like what's most important to us as parents? I, I'll tell you this. We, Ryan, I know you probably deal with this in counseling a lot with marital counseling, but when I'm doing premarital counseling with couples, one of the first things I tell them is like, this is you two becoming a family yeah. and you have to become your own family. And you as a husband, for example, needs to lead your family in, in godliness and, and spirituality and putting Jesus at the center. And sometimes it means making some of these decisions that potentially can put a little bit of a hindrance. And here's, here's my opinion, my thought. If, if there's an issue with a family member where they are so upset at you because you're not equating Santa to God, then I'm not sure you should be that concerned about that relationship. <laughs> That's true. You know, I'm not saying don't love them and, sure. and reach out yeah. to them, but I'm saying like, why try to preserve a relationship that's going to obviously be in contrast to you teaching your kid Jesus? Mm -hmm. Yep. That yeah. may be a little harsh, yeah. but at least I feel like that's the... Well, yeah. I think I think that the aim of that is to put the correct emphasis on Christ. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that that's harsh. I think that that's just, that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, yeah that's and true. that's a brilliant way to approach the conversation as you're approaching it. We've talked about this a lot with how to approach maybe awkward or harder scenarios is that approaching it from the positive language instead of the negative language, right. not necessarily emphasizing, well, we're not doing Santa because sure. we don't want to be those people, but rather saying we strive to emphasize Christ. And yeah. we, we, yeah. we've seen either through experience or just through the way this is done, this doesn't really seem to do that. So our aim is that. So the positive yeah. language behind that. Well, I know you're you going to make a, a great real parent one day. I know one day. <laughs> and I think you can still, I, I mean, really what, usually what those people are after is they want to be able to enjoy like the Santa aspects of, of yeah. Christmas and giving. And I think, that's a, that's a fairly straightforward conversation of being able to work that out between you and that family member of how can we still have these aspects of sure. modern day cultural Christmas without teaching our kids that Santa is equal with God, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was a story I was going to tell earlier, but it wasn't one of my favorite stories and it wasn't one of my things I looked forward to. But my dad would often play cowboy Santa and like parades and stuff. And it was a really known thing kind of in our little, in our church group and stuff like that, that he would do those different types of things for the schools and stuff. And I don't know why cowboy, like really the only thing cowboy about it was his hat. Like that's all it was. <laughs> it was, it wasn't like a special suit. It was just a Santa suit <laughs> with a cowboy hat. Nice. And there was one day that he did that for an event, but it was too late for us to go out with him. So he wanted to come surprise my little sister as Santa. And there's a home recording of this. And the entire time I'm in the background going, that's dad, that's dad, that's <laughs> Christy. Stop being stupid. That's dad. <laughs> just like yelling about this. And he's just trying to give out gifts to his kids. I'm like, shut up, dad, you're dead. <laughs> Stop this weird act. <laughs> Cowboys. So maybe Santa. that's not the way I go to bow it. Go, yeah, maybe go, go not. about it. Uh, next question. <laughs> what is the one thing you dread or get anxious about this time of year? I have a crazy fear of Cowboy Santas. And I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dread or get anxious about what's funny is um, th this sounds a lot harsher than uh, the answer I'm necessarily going to give. I don't necessarily dread this. It's just the older I get, the more um, the more stressful the holidays seem to be. And I think it's because like now you're a part of the planning. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're a kid or like even in college, it's just you're just told where you to be. Show up. Yeah. <laughs> you just show up where you just show up there. And so it's not necessarily something I dread because I enjoy time with family. I enjoy time with friends. I enjoy me and my wife love cooking. So like there's aspects of it that we really enjoy. But it's just that weird aspect of like. Oh, now I gotta like I gotta voice this, or somebody's being dumb about planning, so I gotta be weird about it. I gotta be more aggressive than I want to be. And if you're listening, family, it's definitely not you. It's only the other people who aren't listening. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, what do you guys dread or get anxious about this time of year? Uh, I, I mean, I don't think there's anything specific. I kind of live under a constant yeah, me either. cloud I'm of very dread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just Never mind. Normal. I shouldn't ask you, Ryan. So my just normal. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, dread this time of year? Specific? <laughs> Weird. I mean, we're talking all the time. <laughs> I I mean, if I'm being completely honest, there's not really a lot of dread. 
ever. about this time of year or maybe ever oh there are sometimes things i dread like anyways we'll like maybe being attacked by a pterodactyl <laughs> that would be dreadful or those ravens that ate our pizza Golly. Oh, retreat. Dang anyways ravens. but there is one thing i dread and it's i have a ton of allergies I have mm. a milk allergy and I'm also lactose intolerant. And so sometimes we're places <laughs> eating for Christmas and I eat something I didn't know had a ton of milk. And my dread is that <laughs> I'm going to be in a place where I can't have a private bathroom. You know? Like that's a legit dread, dude. Like it's real. It's so real. We, we've gotten to the place now. We're at Michelle's house, uh, her mom's house. There's one bathroom, like the one that's not in her mom's room, the one that's available for everyone. <laughs> Echoes. It is not insulated. <laughs> and so we've just gotten to the point where we just own it. And we, we will just straight up tell people, hey, put some music on your iPhone. It's going to happen. I'm heading in there for a bit. I'll be in there. <laughs> put the music on. And I, I just got over it. Like, I, I say like I got over it. We've, I've been married for 14 years to Michelle. Like, this was like last month. I finally just said, look, I got I <laughs> to accept 14 it. Years. So, yeah, it took me 14 years to be okay with it. You should take a whole bunch of cushions and pillows every time you go. I just build like a little, a little, a little fort, fort. insulation, <laughs> insulating fort. No one will hear me. Oh, man. Oh, that's great. Uh, okay, so what what is one Advent shift you wish would happen for you in hopes of becoming more spiritually centered for this time of year? And I'll be honest, I don't 100% understand this question. Do you guys understand this? Yeah, so the Advent, right, is the coming of Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, An Advent shift you wish would happen. I think it's kind of what we've been talking about. Like, how do we shift our thinking in ourselves and our families so that we're more deliberately focused on Christ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I tried to do Advent a advent calendar with my family a few years back and we had ad, advent jars where there was a there was a piece of candy in each jar for the kids there was a quarter they were little little there was a quarter in the jar for each kid and then there was a, a scripture to read and a task to do mm. and um sometimes the task was as simple as praying for a specific family member's salvation sometimes it was go to a restaurant and leave a, a ridiculously large tip and Tell the person about with this Christ. Quarter? Yeah, with the quarter. <laughs> that was just for the kids' piggy bank. <laughs> they kept they kept opening the jars because they were going to get candy and a quarter yeah. every night. You know what I mean? And uh, and that worked really well, but it was a lot of work. Yes. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, so man, just I, I think we've kind of answered this question. Like our aim really is to to try to be more deliberate with ourselves, with our families. As, as your little girl, Pierce, grows up and is more cognizant of what's happening next year than she will be this year even, uh, being able to say, look, man, I just, I want you to focus on Christ. Mm-hmm. I want to remind you. And and trying to take the opportunities to do that all the time. Um, yeah. 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 I, I think for me, I'm not a very um, like scheduled person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it'd be phenomenal. Cammie's better at this <laughs> than I am, but we both forget about it. Like doing something that is more intentional pre-Christmas, like mm-hmm. the month of December. My mom used to do stuff for us like every week, um, the month of December. And I, and I just always forget about it, to be yeah. honest, till we get to like Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we're celebrating Jesus now. So maybe <laughs> like, maybe for next year, I guess we're like in the middle of the month. Even now, like kind of leading up to Christmas, I think it'd be great as a parent to be yeah. able to- No, it's the 22nd, Micah. Don't you not remember what day <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So I have three days yeah. to uh, well, help. I've shape. heard what some people do is beginning December 1st, they read a chapter of Luke every day because oh, there's 24 cool. chapters of Luke. So you mm. end Luke on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Um, which well, it's too late for that now. Wow. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I know. You've got two days left. Read them all. Uh, but I think I think anything that is intentionally, again, like we would we would say that the hope is that we're intentionally turning ourselves and our kids and our wives and our families or whatever more towards Christ yeah. all the time yeah. and yeah. not something not just specifically. To I've talked season. about doing for years and admittedly just, we just haven't planned it and haven't done it yet. And um, we're not going to get to do it this year because we won't be in a place where we can do this. But um, I would like, so I'm just telling all of you this because I think it's it's something that could really help with the question earlier about generosity with our kids. But I would like for us as a family <laughs> at some point to, uh, if we're home on Christmas, to celebrate Christmas as a family that morning, we usually do the morning, and then put clothes on and go give gifts to people. Mm-hmm. Um, finding a family that we know of that's in need, something like that. Because I think that one of the things that I feel like is lacking in our family, and I'm taking the, the brunt of the blame for this, is that... Um, that day still rep- is wrapped around us, mm-hmm. you know, and I think I love the idea of the gift of God, like the love yeah. of God that's being expressed by the sending of his son, by the sending of the savior. And I think just 
a little bit of that, being able to instill that in the boys and maybe too, for the generosity question earlier, kind of help that would help remove some of the idea that this day is all about me. True. You know, we yeah. celebrate the gifts and we enjoy the gift giving and we enjoy the food and the family and all these things, but there's still a part of it where we recognize that this is about us being proclaimers of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm hoping that'll happen. I'm saying that because I always forget about it. So, <laughs> so maybe yeah, next year. I think, yeah, I agree with with you guys as well, actually, now that I understand the question. Um, I've had a lot of that today, Ryan. I've just been real dumb forgetting things <laughs> and not understanding anything. That was pre-show stuff for any of you guys watching. I apologize. That was a joke for earlier. But uh, to, to emphasize as well, I think that that's one thing I've noticed about myself uh, kind of in, in marriage and now with with family stuff. There is a heart, obviously, for um, for Jesus and just to represent that in uh, in our in our marriage and now within our family growing, but also just like more intentionality. I think the heart is still there and that is being lived out. But like, how can I how can I uh, better represent this? Mm-hmm. How can I be more intentional in this season or in this time or just daily? Like, what does this look like? Uh, and then my wife is brilliant at like having certain things that we need to do. And then I'm really, really good at forgetting things. So <laughs> I just need to be better at that. So I think that's kind of a shift that I want to see. Uh, why does Easter change dates every year, but Christmas is always December 25th? Um, well, my birthday is always on July 2nd. So, I mean, Jesus's birthday <laughs> is always going to stay on the same day. <laughs> well, it, but I mean, because that's the day we choose to celebrate his birthday, mm-hmm. right? Uh, listen to the last, last podcast. Like, because that's the day, that's why it's not going to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Easter changes every year because it's in relationship to the Jewish calendar and Passover. Because Christ was arrested and crucified on Passover and was raised back to life uh, three days later. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so it, it always falls. It, it, that's why it moves because mm-hmm. it's in conjunction with the Passover sacrifice of Christ. And so it moves according to a Jewish calendar rather than it being like a birthday celebration. Dope. Okay. So these next three questions all revolve around the wise men ish. So the first, we can kind of answer the first two together. Were there only three wise men and where did the wise men come from? So uh, there weren't probably just three. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says all the wise men, and it says from the east. They came from the east. Wow. Yeah. So every wise man all, from the all east. the wise men from the east. <laughs> <laughs> now, like I mean, I don't know how many there were. Um, it is it is theorized. Uh, we may have mentioned this last time, or it may have been something we talked about and didn't actually make it to the podcast. But it is theorized that these are men who descended from the men that Daniel had trained some 500 mm-hmm. years earlier. Yeah. So when Daniel was in captivity in Babylon, he became the chief of the wise men. Um, and he he clearly had a connection with God. He was the leader over all the wise men in Babylon. They revered him. They honored him. He prophesied about the coming Savior in Daniel 7. And so it is theorized, but hear it as a theory, that Daniel taught these guys, and then they had been paying attention for 500 years. and. I mean, not they specifically, but <laughs> their ancestors. The longest class Do you think, ever. Does the uh, does the three come from the gifts, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Is that kind yeah, of yeah, totally. Thing comes yeah, from? so people say there were three gifts, and so there must have been three gift givers. Um, yeah. And also, well, it's got, really like, hard in in, in uh, so there's ten people in our family. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really difficult on a Hallmark card to put all the wise men. <laughs> you should just open it up. It's like a pop up card. Just hundreds of it men just, just keeps just coming and coming and coming awesome. and coming. That's one of my favorite things about the Christmas story. Uh, I talked about it with the youth last week, is that there is, so there's the angel that shows up to the shepherds, right? And he's like, mm-hmm. hey, on this day, and this is going on. Glory to God in the highest. And then it says a multitude, or in some translations, it says, and an army of heaven, which is very interesting to me. So at first he's like, hey, don't be afraid. And then <laughs> thousands of <laughs> them, they all show up. Yeah. So you just get over that. You're like, okay, oh, we're good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just taken away by it. Uh, so the next question about the, kind of about the wise men. So it says, not really a question I have personally, but one that I have gleaned over the past few years. The nativity scenes that we see everywhere are not are not an accurate representation of what really occurred. If we were to have a nativity on our mantle that truly represented the scene, what might it look like? And when slash where did the wise men show up? First question I have in response to that question is like, how do you fit that on your mantle? <laughs> have a nativity scene. <laughs> and what if you have a modern fireplace without a mantle? Like- That's true. You do strings from the What if ceiling? you don't have a fireplace? <laughs> Look, if, if it's not full size, then are, why are you even doing it? <laughs> what I do is I hire a live nativity set. There you go, for every year. <laughs> for every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, 
all of this is still speculation based off of the history, but um, but one of the things that people have said that I've read a few different places is that sometimes the Jewish house was built up. Hmm. And so it was basically the house was on the second story. And then underneath the house was like an enclosed stall for their animals. Hmm. And so there's no room in the house. And so they may have been sleeping under the house in what would have essentially been the first story or an animal stall. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that's what it would probably look like. So go ahead and get Barbie's dream house out. Uh, put Barbie upstairs, yep. all of the animals from Noah's Ark downstairs. And then just shove in baby Jesus. Maybe uh, maybe Audix Woodworks next year could produce hey. some uh, a manger some scenes. Yeah. Well, scenes that are- in regards to the wise men, I mean, what you have to do is do it to scale. So some nativity scenes are smaller than others. Right, right. So you'd have to do it to scale. You have to figure out kilometers or miles, wherever you mm-hmm. are, and then think, okay, how long? Because they probably showed up at least by the time Jesus was two, right? Right. So between birth and two. Mm-hmm. So just pick a time period. I mean, maybe you fluctuate to kind of teach your framework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you do to scale, and then you figure out, okay, where in the house will the wise men be? And so in the hall, well, in the it, bathroom. It, <laughs> even if they're, even if they're six inches tall. Yeah. You've, you've got to figure that they could walk the length of your house in a day. So True. you need to like drive them to Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, so that, so, so that it whoever sent this question in, please let us know when you do that. <laughs> let me get some please pictures. document it. Yeah. <laughs> let us know when the wise men make it. Uh, uh, why don't all the gospels cover the birth of Christ? That wasn't the intent of the gospels. Right. Yeah. Go. Yeah. So the intent of the gospels, lovely wrap up into the gospel of John kind of shows the heartbeat to the gospel writers that the intention he says, uh, what does he say? If I told every story of Christ, there's not enough ink in the world mm-hmm. or enough pages in the world where I could write all of that. But yeah. the intention of this book is to show you who Christ is as the promised Messiah. Yeah. Um, and so I guess you could get into a question of like, well, there's so much prophecy that goes into the birth of Christ, but also that flows into who he is yeah. as well. So you don't necessarily need a full detailed story. And also with the synoptics, they knew what the others were writing, right? So probably there's probably an extent of like, well, he's covered. I mean, Mark's to the point, the whole book anyway, he's like, okay, well you did in 20 chapters, I'll do it in 16. (laughs) Well, so, so Matthew, um, Matthew was primarily written to the Jews. It includes Mm -hmm. the genealogy. Luke is traditionally considered Paul's gospel Mm -hmm. um, that he did research for and prepared for. And because he primarily preached to Jews when he would first roll into a town, he includes the genealogy. Mm -hmm. Both of those would have been really important to the Jews. Uh, Mark's gospel is traditionally thought of as Peter's gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, And then John really wrote to the Gentiles. They don't care about the genealogy. They just want to know who God is. And and so, yeah, Pierce, you're 100%. You got to know the intent of the the gospels. Mm -hmm. Love it. See, I know some Bible facts, Ryan, okay? Dude, you know you know it. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Bible, if my kids watch Frosty the Snowman, will, <laughs> will they believe in magic and turn into wizards? Yes. <laughs> you watch uh, Frosty the Snowman and the slow like lightning bolt scar goes down <laughs> to your children's head and they all of a sudden can't see anymore. They need some round glasses. <laughs> That's a Harry Potter reference. Oh, okay. For you guys. But nobody cares about Harry Potter. And what a stupid game. Quidditch? Like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, wow, oh, man. Sorry. Back I to listen that. to a podcast right now called Potterless, and uh, <laughs> and the guy hates, hates Quidditch, just despises it. But I didn't know this. He told me that- It's my uh, the, alter ego. Yeah, that's right. Person. He told me that real-life Quidditch, the ones that like universities have, actually fixed a lot of the bad things about it. But it's hard to say they did. Because you're not flying you're around. You're not flying. And also, but they have to keep the broom like between their legs. So it's, I, the way I understand it, it's kind of like the rule of dribbling in basketball. Like if you're moving, you have to have the broom between your legs. And so like, it's hard to say, like, oh, they did such a good job. And then you see all these stills from people playing and it's a bunch of 25-year-olds with miniature brooms between their legs, like sprinting at each other. It's hard to be like, oh yeah, of course they fixed it. Look at it. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that's my whole issue with it. Like, yeah. I mean, let's do something <laughs> realistic. Like if we're going to take something from fiction, Mm-hmm. Let's do something realistic and be like the hobbits and have second breakfast. Obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, shrink, grow extra hair on our feet. No, I'm just thinking about like the second <laughs> oh, breakfast. Oh, sorry. No, no, I'm just thinking of them. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm thinking cosplay. Okay. I mean, for like a real, <laughs> a real answer to that question, like I think that's one of those wisdom things you got to decide as a parent with where your kids are and where, where you think they are and their perspective. Like, I, I mean, obviously I, I'm giving you a hard time about Harry Potter because Pierce I never watched or listened to Harry Potter. When I was an adult, Pierce was like, you got to listen to this. It's such a great, and I listened to the first book and I called him. I was like, dude, that was one of those most boring things I've ever listened to in my life. So, but like there was a time when you were little, when a lot of parents were like, well, you're not going to let our kids yeah. watch Harry Potter. So I think 
an encouragement to those of you listening, like if you don't want your kids to watch Frosty the Snowman for legitimate reasons, then let that be your legitimate reasons, but don't put that judgment on someone else who lets their kid watch Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. It's got to be an individual wisdom decision you're making as a parent. Absolutely. Uh, okay, we're a little bit on time. Let me just pick a couple more. Uh, let's do, how many details of Christ's birth are foretold by the prophets? And that's oh a numbers gosh. question that you may know, Ryan. <laughs> um. Well, it's a great question, and I don't know the exact number, but what I would argue is it's not about the details. Mm. Um, it's it's more about the the recognition uh, that he is the Christ. Mm. And so, like, that he was born in Bethlehem, that he fled uh, with his parents to Egypt, mm-hmm. um, you know, like prophecies specifically about what he would do as a king, um, that the government would rest upon his shoulders. Yeah, yeah, uh, So, like— not not a lot. Like he was raised in Nazareth, so that mm-hmm. that was prophesied. Out of Nazareth would come, uh, out of Nazareth would come the Savior. He'd be born in Bethlehem. Uh, so not a lot. So like if you're looking, you know, were the wise men in there? Were the shepherds in there? Um, being laid in a manger was that in there? None of that stuff is in there. And and so, yeah, just a few, just a few. All right, one more question to wrap us up. If we didn't get to you guys' question that you sent in, uh, text or message us at, at SimplerPod if you want to talk about it more. And we can gladly do that if we if it wasn't answered on this episode and you're like, I got to know the answer to this question. Uh, then, then message us. Let's talk about it. We'll figure it out. But to kind of wrap up this episode, we got a question that says, does it really matter what... Quish- Excuse me. I'll start that over again. <laughs> does it really matter what Christmas means to me if the focus of Christmas is Christ? And so the what Christmas means to me for audio listeners, that is in quotes. What Christmas means to me if the focus is Christmas is actually Christ. I don't think the YouTube people could see that either. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, well, one second. You see, guys, here's my notes. The audio that's listeners. True. As soon as I did that, I was like, well, because I was going to do this, and then I didn't. You were going to do It doesn't matter. So all you guys listening, I am an idiot. And let's just keep going. <laughs> but we love you, Pierce. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I think this question, yeah, no, it does. The answer is no. It doesn't matter what Christmas means to you if the purpose is Christ. It's the same thing with, it doesn't really matter what this verse or that verse means to you if the intent of it is about Jesus or God. Like it's, it's about the revelation of who God is. And so- um, I'm wondering if it flipped. Like, I mean, I wonder if- we could we could say it like if Christmas is about Jesus, then it does matter what Christmas means to you. Mm. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I don't know the intent of the question, but like, if, True. if what you're asking is is as long as I put Jesus at the center, can I make Christmas about Santa? And the answer is no, because Christmas isn't about Santa; it's about Jesus. Right. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're That's maybe they're asking point, like you're talking yeah. about, but like I think if if you're going to make Jesus the center of Christmas, then it does matter what Christmas means to you because it's either Jesus or not. Yeah. I think they're, I think they're coming from a cultural standpoint of like, you guys know the movies that I think of the Grinch with Jim Carrey. They have that whole song of like, where are you Christmas? Like there's a specific Christmas feeling. Mm. I'm not feeling at this time of year. That seems to be like a, that's Charlie Brown's whole thing too. in a Charlie Brown Christmas is like, ugh, what's Christmas actually about? What does it mean? So I think you're right. Where, if, if that's kind of the question that it's coming from, then we as Christians can take advantage of that and say, hey, let's celebrate Jesus this time of year. Yeah. But if it's coming from a place of like someone's asking you, like, what does Christmas mean to you as an individual? You take the approach yeah, of like didn't. Jesus as it should yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. And question as well. I know this kind of goes, this is, I was thinking about this a little bit uh, last week and I, from conversations I had had about our Christmas episode. Um, should there be any sort of, how should we as Christians approach, if we truly believe that that teaching children that Santa Claus is real is deception, kind of like the story that you had shared on mm-hmm. the Christmast episode, should we take more of a stance of, hey, you probably shouldn't do this? Or I guess as I'm asking these questions, I'm realizing like the positive language that we talked about earlier of just trying to shepherd people in mm-hmm. such a way to really make things about Jesus. Um but I guess, I guess the question for you guys is like with people that you maybe have interacted with, has there been a time where you've felt like maybe I should have stepped in and been like, hey, you probably shouldn't teach your kids this because it's really, it's deceptive? Or has there just been a time of like, well, they're just kind of partaking in the culture, so I don't really care to get involved? I can't think of a time that I have. I still think, I mean, what I said last episode, if you didn't listen, was that if you if you are teaching your kids that, that Santa has the equal characteristics with God, you should mm-hmm. stop. Like, um, so, but I don't think I, there's a time I could think of where I've actually ever stepped in and said to someone, Hey, 
that's not a good idea. Because what I, I mean, personal preference, I don't know how you guys feel. I would rather be able to say that in kind of a general statement and let each parent begin to True. like bring that yeah. into their home versus like, I just don't want anybody to ever think, well, Micah said this, this is what I have to do. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm still going back to that question, Micah. <laughs> Let me read this one more time. Okay. Okay. All right. Read what question? This last, last one. Question. Oh, okay. Does it really matter? Quote for all your listeners and audio viewers. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Visual viewers. For everybody watching. You're both idiots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quote. <laughs> Does it really matter? Quote what Christmas means to me. End quote. If the focus of Christmas is Christ. Let's let's change the word if to since. Does it really matter what Christmas means to me since the focus of Christmas is Christ? Mm. And that's kind of what you were getting at, Micah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that because Christ matters, it absolutely matters what Christmas means to you because there is a central life-saving truth in it. Mm-hmm. And to, to have Christmas mean anything outside of that is um, corrupt and it is broken and it is shallow and it cannot save. Mm-hmm. And so when we come to the recognition that Christ is the core of Christmas— then it absolutely matters mm-hmm. um, what Christmas means to you because anything short of Jesus is short of salvation right. and life. And to reiterate something we talked about last episode and kind of mentioned here is if Jesus is central for you, that that means that you can be part of the celebration, the cultural celebration of all these other aspects of the Christmas season without making those central, without taking mm-hmm. the place of Jesus. So we can still, we talked about it last episode, celebrate yep. the the giving of St. Nicholas and how it became the Santa Claus thing with our kids without having to give Santa Claus the characteristics that are equal with God. We yeah. can yeah. still participate. So we're not saying by any means that you have to separate from the culture. Right. But what we're emphasizing is the, the viewpoint that we have to have as followers of Jesus is that we're celebrating Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, what you guys both said kind of sums up the heartbeat behind our two December episodes. Uh, so we can go and move on. Micah, do you have a simpler hack for us? I do. I do. Uh, and this happens all through the year, but I feel like it happens more in the cold as our doors get squeaky. Mm. Our hinges get squeaky. And maybe you're in a situation where your doors are squeaky and you're just done with it and you don't have any kind of uh, um, like WD-40, which side note, sometimes if you buy the wrong WD-40, it'll actually make it worse. Oh, gosh. Um, so a uh, simple hack to fix squeaky doors, squeaky hinges is actually petroleum jelly, which we talked about a long time ago and mm. fixing uh, um, infection or not infections, keeping infection out of cuts and stuff. Oh, but yeah, yeah. if you put a little bit, pull the pin out of your hinge, if you don't know how to do that, you just take a flathead screwdriver up underneath the pin and hit it with a hammer and it'll pop out and you put a little petroleum jelly on that pin and slip it back in the hinge and it'll quit squeaking. Nice. That's dope. That makes me so happy because we have a really loud front door. Was that was that front door loud when you lived there? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And uh, we were like, my in-laws started and they're like, you guys need to fix that. And then, well, not that I made it sound a lot more aggressive than it was. It wasn't <laughs> that, that was, aggressive. That was menacing <laughs> to fix this door. It was just kind of like, well, you guys should fix that. And then immediately they were like, well, I guess it's a good, it's a good alarm if you don't have a security system. It's <laughs> so you open the door, there's that super loud squeak. So like, well, who's here? Maybe yeah. you're getting and a then security you get, like, system for Christmas from maybe, yeah. Mm. <laughs> like fix the door and we'll get you that security <laughs> system. Uh awesome. Well, if you guys don't have anything more to add, um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for watching. Um and as always, keep Christ's core. What could be simpler? Oh man, I screwed it up. Let me try again. I added another <laughs> syllable. Keep Christ's core. What could be simpler than that? And we'll talk to you guys next time. Oh, you know what? I'm going to keep talking to you right now. <laughs> Steven's right there. Hey, Steven. How's hey, it going? Steven uh, Steven's the best at Garden Audio. We told you guys on the last episode when we were in New Mexico to go tell him Merry Christmas. Uh, if you haven't done that, first of all, how dare you? And <laughs> <Wow>. second of all, <laughs> go to at the Garden Audio on Instagram. Say Merry Christmas. See what he's doing. You're working with some, you're doing some awesome stuff right now, man. So he keeps he keeps you updated with what's happening in the studio. Also hit us up at, at SimplerPod on Facebook and Instagram. And December 24th, yeah. the special. The special, if so, this is December. This is Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve. Tune in on Christmas Eve, and we're gonna have something for you. Be sure to subscribe, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. If you don't have any of those, go to Anchor.fm/simpler, and we've got a very special episode for this holiday season for you guys to celebrate Christ together. So, as always, keep Christ as core. What could be simpler than that? We'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>